say that but i'm not always sure we actually do it but tonight oh man you're listening to wkcr fm new york wkcr hd wkcr.org 89.9 fm if you're here in new york city we're doing some time traveling tonight man uh yeah it's almost <laughs> going 40 years back right uh, 38 years 36 years 36 years back and who knows but we don't know when somebody they might be listening to this on the Deep Focus podcast. Yeah, we don't know. Sometime in the future. Well, today is the future, or at least it was a minute ago. It and it definitely was. Oh man, try to imagine picturing 2024 in 1986. It, that was definitely the future. <laughs> was beyond. You're listening to WKCR. The show is called Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. What we do is uh, invite a guest. The guest usually chooses a topic. This is a departure in a lot of ways. And uh, we dive in. We find live unreleased recordings usually. This is a whole whole nother thing. Let me first introduce my guest because I'm so happy to be sitting here face-to-face in the same room here. Stephen Bernstein, welcome back. Why, hello, WKCR listeners, and welcome <laughs> to Deep Focus with Mitch Goldman and your guest, Stephen Bernstein. So... This is something I wanted to do for a long time, and it was kind of, I hope it works, (laughs) something that's been percolating for a very long time, that, uh, so I've been here since the Pleistocene era, and for a while in the 1980s, maybe my most frequent guest was Don Cherry. Don Cherry, if you don't know, a beloved character, we'll tell you about him as we go. And I was just talking to him, I must say about him with Cameron Brown, the great bass player, on Saturday night. We were talking about Don. I heard Cameron perform. He played some of Don's pieces from Complete Communion. And Cameron had played with Don in Paris when he was 19 years old for a summer and other times afterwards. And he said, yeah, Don was the guy that lived music 24 hours a day. And that's why it was so amazing to be around Don because it was like being around this musical lightning rod. 100%. And I never saw that more animated than when he would sit in the room with me and we would do these shows. We did, I don't even know how many. Um, I came up with seven cassettes. So, and I kind of feel like, you know, if I had a blank cassette, I'd throw one in. Right. And, you know, that's kind of how it was back then. Uh, I certainly had no idea that I wouldn't listen to it for 40 years and that I'd be sharing it with you tonight. But that's kind of where we're at. That's kind of where we're at. What do you think? Should we just... Let's just go oh, yeah. in there and do it. Let's oh, just go, let's just go in there and, and, and start. Right. So explain to people just what these are. Just tell them, Mitch. So they, this, is, this is cassettes of Don in this very studio 
with the very young Mitch Goldman, not the aged man in front of me, but the young, vital, semi-good-looking Mitch Goldman of 1986. Still with hopes and dreams. Yeah, and I have to say that that year, I mean, I met Don in, I guess, 78, 79, by 78. And um, Don was the kind of person once, you know, anyone could be Don's friend. He was just that welcoming a person. And uh, that summer of 86, I remember I saw him twice at the Vanguard. Uh, uh, the band and Cameron, actually Brett Cameron Brown was talking about that, that day because he was on it. It was Cameron and Carlos Ward and Eddie Blackwell. And um, I just remember just being some of the greatest performances. And I also remember that's when the period where Don was wearing um, like either purple or green high Doc Martin boots and like the knickers, yeah, the the kind of the, the the pants that went right below his knee, and they kind of had the little they're very English tweed. It was his oh, yeah. tweed. It was his tweed period, and you know, Don on so many levels was just so inspiring and willing to, uh, you know, take ed- everything in front of him and make it into his own Don Cherry gumbo. Well. I have to admit, I, I don't really remember what these shows were exactly. Some of them are musician shows. Some of them he came up to promote a gig and hung out and we talked. Um, but, yeah, those those musician shows, you'll hear. You'll hear. It, it, I guess we're just going to... Let's play a cassette. Get in there, baby. Okay, so this one is labeled June eighteenth, nineteen eighty six. Where were you? I I was. <laughs> that's probably when I was at those gigs. I remember they were summer gigs. I completely remember they were summer gigs. So he could have been. Well, let's see what he talks about. Maybe he's going to talk about it. I can't wait. Okay, here it is. It's, so you're going to hear some music. Whatever it is, it's something that Don Cherry programmed. Might or may not be something that he's playing on because sometimes he'd play stuff that he's on. Sometimes he just played something that he liked or loved or something from one of his kids or whatever it might be. So here we go. You got to hear this. Okay, so this is a cassette. This is a cassette tape from 1986. If you don't know what they look like, you can Google it. And there's that little bit of leader up front. And you're waiting for that to start. And then the magic happens.
Waste. Karamashiha. That's our own roots here in America. That is from Jim Pepper's record called Coming and Going. And uh, today is Jim Pepper's birthday. He's 21 years old today and stronger and more beautiful than ever. And he'll be playing with us at the Village Vanguard between June the 24th and the 29th with Blackwell and Cam Brown and the Everyman Band and David Cherry is going to be premiered, who's my son. We're going to play some more of that record later on. You're actually listening to WKCR, and this is Don Cherry on the program that WKCR has where that the musician can freak freak out. Check this out. something fresh and very serious. Very serious to me because it really brings back to the spirit of Albert Island. And it's Dr. Vernon Johnson who maybe has never even heard Albert Island. But they both are carrying the spirit of a culture that's very important for all of us in America. Dr. Vernon Johnson playing out the saxophone with the Central Georgia State Choir. The record is called, I Love to Praise His Name.
Dr. Vernon Johnson. Now, I, I need not tell you who this is, but this is something really special. This is Louis Armstrong and Leon Thomas together doing The Creator Has a Master Plan. And don't even... Thomas and Louis Armstrong. And this is something that we'd like to uh, play for you as a treat. It's a record, a tape of a record that we had made many years ago that has never come out. And we call the whole record 
full moon. We're not there yet, but we're on our way to the full moon. <laughs> but this is the first song. It's called Being Alone, and it's written by my cousin Ricky Cherry, and it's sung by my daughter Jan Cherry, and the trumpet player is Don Cherry himself. Thank you. 
Now, in this particular tape, which was made for a record that's never been released, uh, the first piece is, um, as I said, was written by Ricky Cherry and sung by Jan Cherry. The second composition is one of mine with the Everyman Band, and it's called, uh, at that time, we called it Peanut Butter in relation to our president, Jimmy Carter, at that time. But now we've changed it more to, like, cruising uh, Dinoflores. This next one is... Uh, written by Nana Vasconcelos, who is the master of the Bidambao and a composer and a master percussion player. And this song, which he has written, is called Ondas. Thank you. 
that one rolled out just like that how do you like that so if you're just tuning in or you joined in the middle of that let me catch you up a little bit because this is really really a remarkable remarkable we've, show we've never done anything like we've this. never I, i've never done you've this. never done it no. no um okay so uh the show's called deep focus i'm mitch goldman i'm very happy to be here with Stephen bernstein i'm very happy to be here with mitch goldman slide trumpeter band leader raconteur bon vivant just regular button trumpet player i don't know i can play all kinds of trumpets buttons true. slides I, I, i'm a trumpet man yes you are yes i i no one knows that better than me and a great fan and a, a, lucky enough to been able to hang out with don cherry many times in many different places and um oh yeah and um, unbelievable. So, Mitch, we'll tell the people what we're yeah. listening to. Yeah. So, okay. So, way back, 
This was uh, 1986, June? 19, June 18th, 1986, and for several years around that time, Don Cherry was a frequent guest uh, here on the airwaves, WKCR, and I would, I spent a lot of nights, in fact, it was the same time slot, 6 to 9 p.m., doing the show with Don. It was always a little bit of a surprise when he'd walk through the door, but he always did one way or another, and um, we would... He, yeah, this is Don playing these this music. Don Cherry's programming this music. Um, we'll talk a little bit about what we think we've been hearing. Yeah, and um, but um, it was it was just such a remarkable experience for me. In a sense, I'm just engineering the show. I'm just sitting here, sliding the pots up and down. But seeing the way, I'm, I've never been around anybody in the studio that engaged with the music quite the way that Don Cherry did. His his passion, his activeness, his active participation in the music and enthusiasm and energy and all these things that are going on that you can't see and hear in the studio. And he's pulling music out. He's going in the library. He's grabbing things. He's throwing things at me. Put this on. Let's do this. Open the mic. Open the mic. Which one, Don? What am I doing? And um, it's all kind of flooding back to me. And you're getting this beautiful mindscape of the music that's bouncing around in Don Cherry's lovely mind. And what did we hear in that set? Oh, well, we didn't take notes, thank God. But <laughs> yeah. it started off with uh, Jim Pepper, um, which is Ty from the Coming Going record. And then Don explains that they're going to be at the Vanguard, and I had talked about that. And Cameron Brown said it was it was um, Carlos Ward, but I think I re- I think maybe one week it was Carlos Ward and one week it was Jim Pepper because I kind of re- I definitely remember Pepper there because I remember a tenor and I remember Dewey sitting in on alto. And then, but I also remember there could have been a Carlos Ward where Frank Lowe came and sat in one night. I oh, went yeah. a few times. Oh yeah. And um, but anyway, he started with that, and then he went to uh, Leon Thomas and Louis Armstrong doing "What a Wonderful World" from uh, Louis Armstrong and Friends, which is an amazing. The creator has a master plan. Right, but the right, right, yeah. right. The creator has a master plan, right? And that was a, a wild record made at the end of Louis Armstrong's life. And then he went to some music that he did with Ricky, who Cherry, who I guess was his cousin, and then Jan Cherry, who I think is his daughter from his first marriage. And it's this very, it's a, it says it was unreleased, unreleased t- tape that's unreleased, and it's a very amazing f- tune with very kind of '80s pop chord changes, and Tom plays incredible over it. His chops are in amazing shape. Then it's a piece with the Everyman Band, and it's almost like a it's like a slow blues that kind of feels like a Crusader style blues. And Don again just plays so great and so in the pocket. And I mean, exactly what you think Don would play over that if his chops were really good and he's feeling good and he was just wanted to do that because Don could play what he heard and Don heard everything. And that was the thing. And I, I always think about this. I feel like. You know, there's the world before Don Cherry and there's the world after Don Cherry. And Don Cherry's the person who made it safe. You have to understand, I mean, Don was one of those guys wearing a suit and a tie and playing five, six sets a night in a 
jazz club leading that life, you know, what that meant, and cigarettes and alcohol and all that stuff. And Don was like maybe one of the first guys who said, well, what else can we do? Can we, you know, and he met Moki and this idea of, you know, presenting like a traveling circus type of music and maybe not just playing a song and then having three solos and then play the melody again and then keep repeating that. But the idea of taking the music and creating suites, improvised suites by having melodies come in and come out. And Don just Don just did so many things. And I won't say he was the first because I wasn't alive then, but he certainly was one of the first that got it out in the world to like come from the world of jazz because he was really like a you know a lover of Clifford and, and Monk and Ellington even though of course he became famous through Ornette but he was of jazz and he took that knowledge and opened up a brand new world and made it safe for the rest of us to like you know run around those fields that he kind of said here check out look what's available for you and you can just hear that oh because then afterwards we haven't gotten to him introducing it but we think this is Jabbo Smith we're listening to right now. And for those of you who don't know, Jabbo was another king of the trumpet from Louis Armstrong's era. And he was also, ever, um, you know, in the days when trumpet was king, you know, before the saxophone kind of uh, took, its right, took, took the rightful place of the trumpet and through the power of uh, all those little buttons managed to uh, destroy music. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, but Trumpet was the king of all instruments and, and Louis Armstrong was the king and Jabbo Smith was a king and he was rediscovered in the 80s and Jabbo and Don Cherry played a couple weeks of the Vanguard, which I did not get to hear. Oh. We have to understand, I was poor. I mean, I, I, I wasn't poor like I couldn't eat, but I was poor in the fact that like I didn't have enough money to go to the Vanguard whenever I wanted. Well, I'll tell you what, Stephen Bernstein, the next time you're at the Village Vanguard, yes. I know you're going to go into the office slash kitchen slash dressing room. Right. You're going to go over to the desk mm-hmm. where Lorraine Gordon used to sit and look up above it. And you'll see a picture of Don Cherry and Jabbo Smith on stage at the Vanguard that I took. My gosh. <laughs> you are a part of American history, Mitch Goldman. But uh, that was rather remarkable. And, yeah, to think that, you know, a contemporary of Armstrong's born right around the turn of the century, the 20th century, was still alive. And maybe he wasn't going to play the trumpet, but he still was full of music. Don adored him. Lorraine Gordon adored him. And they pretty much engineered that rediscovery of him. Do you know the story? How how did how how was he kind of I mean, rediscovered is such a loaded word, but how was he thrust back into the spotlight of New York? Do you I, know? I don't know. The only thing I know is that Lorraine. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I do know. I would sit here doing my show. I used to do DJ sets before I started doing Deep Focus, and the phone would ring, and it would be Lorraine Gordon, who owned the Village Vanguard, saying, "Why aren't you playing Jabbo Smith right now?" <laughs> That's what I know. You I'm sure, sure there were other things involved. I'm sure she. You sure she wasn't saying, "Why aren't you playing Sex Mob right now?" <laughs> Could have been. Could've I been. think. I think maybe she was slurring her words. Because <laughs> if you say Sex Mob really fast, it comes out Jabbo Smith. <laughs> That's true. What about the opportunity listeners have to hear Sex Mob? 
Oh, we have a gig coming up. Uh huh. Because we're gonna go play at SF Jazz, and I want to do a little warm up gig. I don't you don't play that much in New York these days, but I am playing at New Blue um, on February 18th with Sex Mob, and then we're heading out to do four nights at SF Jazz. That's a uh, Sunday, isn't it? That's a Sunday. Sunday's a good night. Yeah. Uh, Eight o'clock. And I'm playing with uh, many uh, Don Cherry devotees this Saturday at um, Louvre Labs on, oh. in, in Williamsburg on, on, I believe that's North 6th Street. And it's going to be um, Frank London's uh, new brass project with Marcus Rojas and um, Josh Roseman and Satoshi. What's Satoshi's last name? You know, Satoshi the drummer and his... Oh, man. Anyway, and then the Kamikaze Ground Crew, which is myself. It's a it's Doug Weaselman and uh, Gina Leishman's band that uh, I started with in 1984, I guess. I started playing with them and uh, with Peter Affelbaum and uh, Marcus Rojas and Kenny Walson and Brian Dry. And uh, we are all children of Don Cherry. Every mm-hmm. single person... Playing that night as a child of Don Cherry, mm-hmm. and you know Peter was in Don's band, and, yeah. And uh, of course, Don moved out to California to play Peter's music. That's how much Don loved Peter's music. Don played with the Hieroglyphics, and then Don hired the Hieroglyphics rhythm section to be his um, his quartet for a long time. The the um, multi-culti band. One of these cassettes. I don't know if we're going to get to it tonight. Um, you hear Don Cherry say. I'm leaving New York. I'm moving to San Francisco to play with these guys, Hieroglyphics Orchestra, Peter Apfelbaum. It's on one of these tapes. I remember him. Yeah. I assume it's on one of these. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I remember him saying that. Yeah. And uh, and I, I'll, I we should get to some music, but yeah. I, I, I will say that when Don, it would be really fun. So Peter Apfelbaum and I grew up together. Peter Apfelbaum and I have been playing together for over 50 years. And, he, you know, he was here, part thanks to you, two weeks ago we did that gorgeous show on Andrew Hill. Yeah. Which, by the way, is up on the Deep Focus podcast. Available anytime. Don't listen to it now. No. Stay stay here with us. Stay here. Even though we're going to get to music, we promise. But I got to say, so anyone who uh, knows about Berkeley, California, and especially when we grew up in the 60s and 70s, it was a really super groovy place. And we had a whole crew of great musicians. So some of the musicians that came through Berkeley, I mean, our age was, you know, Benny Green and Craig Handy and Jessica Jones and Tony Jones and... Peck Almond and Dan Walensky and Paul Hansen, who's the bassoon virtuoso you may have seen online, and um, just a little older than us was um, Rodney Franklin and Mike Wolf and Lenny Pickett, and Steve Elson. Uh, I'm, I'm going to miss so many people. Steve Gabori. Um, but then right after us is, of course, you know Ambrose Hakimusiri, Jonathan Finlayson, and. Um, Howard Wiley, and even though he didn't really go to Berkeley, but Dana, um, my man Dana, come on, why is my brain not working? Well, there's a lot of reasons for that. But <laughs> Dana that, you know, he's a guy that everybody loves. Dana, the incredible saxophone player. And um, and then Elena Pinderhughes and some more Pinderhughes. And I think Charles Altura may have even gone there. And... I think the guy who's Jonathan Batiste's arranger who does all the arrangements for Jonathan Batiste, I think he could be a Berkeley High guy. There's a young, all the same high school? All the same high school. Remarkable. Man. Yeah, and Jerome Richardson went there. I mean, obviously before well, I did. And uh, 
so what we're getting at is Berkeley had this great culture of music, and we were all we were the original multiculti people. You know, we grew up you know whatever Black Panthers and the hippies and boom boom boom, and it was all beautiful. We had jazz programs starting in fourth grade, and uh, Peter had this whole crew around him, the Hieroglyphics Ensemble. And we, we, you know, we like to hang out. We're Berkeley people, man. And Don would come by Peter's house. It'd be the greatest <laughs> thing. Be hanging out with my best buddy. I'm like 25 years old, right? And Don would come over with his like jeans and his jean shirt and a six pack of Heineken, <laughs> and we'd hang out in the front yard and kind of, you know, do what we're about to hear. To have Don tell us stories and play music for us. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Thank you for sharing that, Steve. That was Bernstein. so fun, man. Should we, should we hear it? Let's, yeah, let's, okay. So, um, again, if you're just coming along for the ride, you, you're the right place at the right time. This is a show that's almost 40 years in the making. Don Cherry used to come and hang out on the air with us, and I would engineer the shows, and I'd throw a cassette in once in a while, never listen to them, threw them in a box, and they've been buried. And we pulled them out, and Stephen and I are exploring, and you're right there with us. We really do not know what's going to be on. There could be some surprises, some unwelcome ones, but so far, so far, they're all just absolutely delightful. So come with me. I'm going over to the machine. For, a, for you young kids out there, he's pulling a cassette out and he's flipping it over. That's, that's what you right. have to do with a cassette. You flip it to the other side. This is a Maxell XLS 2S60. Fine cassettes. We used to go down to uh, Canal Street and get Uncle them. Uncle Steve's. No, there was a cheaper place than Uncle Steve's. <laughs> cheaper. There was Steve's. a cheaper place than Uncle Steve's. We used to go Impossible. to. Yeah, yeah, we'd go to a cheaper. Place. They were. Uh, it was like you'd get a box of ten yeah, for like get the box bucks. of ten. Exactly wrapped <laughs> in plastic. Oh yeah. If you had, you know, if you had the money, you got the XL two S. Otherwise, oh, you might walk out with the TDK D. Oh man, cheap. And you kicked yourself all the way home. Oh, you don't want the TDK D. <laughs> all right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. You hear that? It's queuing up. It's got a queue up. RTR five, four, three. This is WKCR, the jazz show, where uh, jazz musicians can be able to play and a freak out like they like to a freak a freak. And this is Jabo Smith playing on trumpet on this record, and we're very happy to have in the studio Lorraine Gordon, who knows really a lot about the history and the music of Jabo Smith. Welcome. My pleasure to be here with you, Don. Our pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can ask you some questions, but it's uh, more than anything. When was this record actually made? Oh, well, this, uh, the two sides, we just heard Jazz Battle and Sweet and Low Blues now, these were 1928. Jabba mm. was 19 years old. Mm -hmm. And on Jazz Battle, it was the trumpeter's dream to, to play the way he did in the stratosphere, stabbing away. Trumpet players didn't play like that in those days. They're playing like that today, though. No, no, no. no. <laughs> A lot of building blocks were put down there. <laughs> Yeah, to me, it's one of the freshest things I've heard since uh, first hearing. I mean, to me, it's the same feeling of something going up inside your spine, up your spine, uh, of hearing music like that, and more or less a trumpet, and me being a trumpet player, because it's, it's, uh, it's just hot. It's so hot, you know. I mean, even the punk bands can't get that hot, you know. That's really hot, you know. 
Well, Jabbo made a lot of uh, his fame came from actually this particular session, which was done in 1928, and people have just never forgotten these records, although we have some other sides to play today. Somehow, it just set the mold for Jabbo, and he never lost his great originality, and, and these were the prime records to show it. Well, I think we should just hear a little bit more, and then we can talk a little bit more. That's so exciting to hear, uh, you know, I guess that's a real tradition of a trumpet player to be able to sing, too, you know? Yeah, that's, you know, Javo has been around for such a long time, and he's always been a man of mystery, an enigmatic uh, person in, in the world of jazz, and people think he's gone, and he disappears, and then suddenly he arises, comes back again, and makes some more records, for example. There was a long period where Jabba was never heard. He was living in Milwaukee, and he had kind of dropped out. And there was a collector in Milwaukee who did record Jabba in 1961, put these records on a shelf. They were tapes at the time. For 20 years, they were sitting there, gathering dust, until I learned about them. And I finally persuaded this man to let me buy these tapes, and I did bring them out on these two albums which at least gives us an idea of Jabbo in 1961. True, his career was, you know, not at a high point then, but in spite of that, he picked up his trumpet and is as beautiful as ever for a man who wasn't playing, you know, every week, every day somewhere. If you'd like to try one of those, When a Woman Loves a Man is a particularly beautiful ballad, and I'll tell you why I'm going to play that for you after Don. <laughs> it's yeah. on the air. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. 
And she'll say, yes, I know, but I love him so. But that's how it goes, I got the words wrong. When a woman loves a man, now she'll just sing along all through thick and thin. Till the ship comes in the appreciating this the way that Steven and I are. This is remarkable for me. I don't know. Maybe I get too excited about my own, uh, my own stuff, but, um, this is really a treat. And Don Cherry, I mean, I know there are people listening to this who knew Don Cherry and remember him, people who discovered his music more recently, perhaps. And people who are just, maybe you're just responding to his spirit, it's coming through, I hope so. I hope you're, well, you stayed with us this long. If you didn't, you enjoyed it, please do take this opportunity to subscribe to Deep Focus. You'll find Deep Focus on your favorite podcasting app. You can, and if you don't find it there, you always find us at the hosting site, which is mitchgoldman.podbean.com. And I really will appreciate it if you subscribe, because when you subscribe, shows up in the algorithms and other people will find it. There's not a lot of people out there that enjoy the music you like, but more of them are going to be able to find their way to it. If you give us some likes, some thumbs up, some five stars, whatever it is, really makes a difference. And you know what's even better? Just tell somebody. Tell somebody that likes the music you like or you think might like the music you like about Deep Focus. We'd love to see them there. You could tell us all about it. You can email us at deepfocusnow.com at gmail.com. Deep focus now at gmail.com. Okay, it's January 22nd, 2024. We will see you. This was part one. We'll see you over at part two.